Hello and welcome everybody. I really appreciate you jumping on our weekly series here at Magkudu Marketing Ops Confessions. Uh, pleasure to have you all. Uh, my name is Drew Noel. I'm head of professional services here at Magkudu and uh, actually uh, here with uh, Jenny Kub and uh, Adam Aragon from Active Campaign today. Uh, how you doing guys? Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, doing great. It's a big week. Very cool. No, thanks so much for joining us. I'm really excited to get into conversation. Uh, before we uh, before we uh, get into it, though, uh, just wanted to uh, call out um, some housekeeping items for everybody. Uh, feel free to leverage the chat, um, say hello, introduce yourself. Um, additional point on questions: Please use the questions tab for questions you might have for our guests or myself, um, and I'll be keeping an eye out there so that we can uh, jump into any of those items as they come in. Uh, also, uh, keep an eye out for polls. We've got a couple of polls that will probably pop up uh, here or there. You can check that in the polls tab. Um, as well, all attendees are muted, um, and we will be recording this session and sharing it uh, after the fact. So with that, um, also, uh, you know, every session you attend, there's a chance to win a Mavic Mini drone that we've uh, had as our uh, our quarterly giveaway. So uh, please be sure to uh, uh, attend as many sessions as you can. You'll be entered into the drawing, and uh, you know, just a cool way to, uh, of course, share your your uh, experiences outside of work, especially uh, lots of outdoor activities during lockdown, etc. So uh, some fun to be had there. Very cool. Uh, so without further ado, I wanted to introduce Jenny Coop, VP Global Revenue Marketing at Active Campaign and Adam Aragon, Senior Manager, Digital and Web Experiences at Active Campaign as uh, one of our uh, power duos. Um, so again, welcome team. Thank you so much. Uh, really, really thrilled to have you both here. Um, Quick introductions, uh, just in terms of background, uh, Jenny has uh, 25 years in B2B marketing, uh, as well as uh, working in several startups and larger companies uh, at Akamai, Silicon Graphics, and now at Active Campaign as VP Global Revenue Marketing and building out data-centric uh, marketing efforts and revenue marketing at Active Campaign. Uh, Adam, you've got 20 years in web development and working within web technologies and the overall uh, marketing stack, especially at the top of the funnel and uh, presentation layer, as well as back-end web engineering. Um, really fascinating to have you, uh, you know, on the conversation today and the way in which you work with Jenny, but uh, you've also been at Aptis, Anaplan, Carta, um, and now uh, focused on digital and web experiences at Active Campaign. Um, and yeah, just super cool to have you both with us today. And thank you, thank you so much for uh, jumping on. Yeah, I'm happy to be an unconventional pick, but uh, give some cool context on the dev. Yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, team, I mean, exciting news this week. Uh, congratulations to to both of you and to your entire team at Active Campaign. Uh, you know, just after our dry run the other day, we we uh, actually uh, saw that 
uh, you had a successful funding round and uh, increasing your valuation. That's that's super exciting, and the journey continues. Um, but just in terms of you know where things started and how things have been built out along the way, I think you know Jenny, I'd love to start with you, and you know maybe you can speak to how you've been building up the team overall and and how that journey has kind of evolved at Active Campaign. Yeah, would love to. So um, I came on board about a year ago, and as you can imagine, there was a ton of momentum already with the company. We had just hit that $100 million uh, revenue mark, and the team was about 10 people. And about four or five months prior to that, we brought in uh, a CMO, Maria Pergolino, who uh, was really kind of that first um, you know, CMO, I guess, that the company had had. And so when she brought me on board, what was exciting about that was the fact that this was a revenue marketing role. And so what that said to me was we're building a team that is focused on not just demand gen, but revenue. And that had been my previous experience. And so I was really looking for an opportunity to align with both sales and finance and business ops and rev ops to really make sure that we were in lockstep on how we're going to build revenue for the company and scale the company. So over the past year or so, the team's grown to about 40 people. Um, lots of great changes, like bringing in the website team, which is Adam's team. Uh, we've built out an entire marketing operations discipline. Uh, we've brought in um, other folks uh, that were in other parts of marketing to help kind of, you know, again, align with our revenue marketing um, motion. And also just new teams around not just acquisition, but our expansion business and kind of our whole life cycle. So new discipline, new functions. And um, yeah, well, we're firing on all cylinders now. It's super exciting. Uh, we're hiring like crazy. So uh, definitely look at our website and see what we have going on, including some actual marketing operations functions. So uh, check them out. Very cool. Awesome. No, I, I'm uh, super interested to dive in a bit more uh, just on, on that point of, of specialties and organization points of focus within the team. Um, as far as, you know, your role, Adam, and also, uh, Jenny, you know, you mentioned the focus on revenue operations, um, you know, how, how does the flow of data and the flow of action actually get formatted across the team? And, and, you know, in terms of the relative specializations, how do those really complement each other at Active Campaign? Yeah, we've got a few teams that are really kind of partners in crime, if you will. We have uh, marketing operations, which was actually a new discipline uh, for my team. I kind of hired that team out probably within my first three months of joining the company. And that was really kind of the foundation for, for everything else. Uh, a key part of that was actually aligning with finance, business ops. And then we actually have revenue ops, which lives in sales. And so that is, you know, traditionally probably referred to as more of a sales ops function. But again, taking that lens of revenue around key operational areas is what kind of drives that alignment across the business. And so we built out within marketing, marketing ops, we've got data analytics, and we've also got some kind of interesting roles like conversion rate optimization functions that actually line up directly with Adam's team, who of course runs the website. And that's another kind of key alignment point between operations and the website and, and the rest of the business. Absolutely. Adam, did you want to jump in there and just uh, you know kind of expound on the alignment that you experience with with your team and also the the CRO team, et cetera? 
Yeah, I mean, coming from a dev background, like, um, you know, I think one of the first things they did prior to me coming on board was to kind of take, uh, you know, the site team and who was like kind of putting pen to paper and bringing them like into being a part of marketing. There's a lot of times when the dev is sort of just like the end result and not part of the flow or the process itself. Um, and so like one of the first steps was to like actually make us like kind of lateral with everyone. Um, and so, yeah, we worked right alongside the CRO to help him implement and help him plan like more effectively, like, um, you know, with SEO and analytics, like we are, are right, like shoulder to shoulder, like helping make these decisions, giving like the dev insight and, um, you know, basically being a lot more part of the flow, I think, than I've seen at other, other companies. No, absolutely. In in terms of that flow, I, I'm super, I, I always found that, you know, in terms of, you know, my, my background being more in uh, marketing and revenue operations specifically, you know, maybe you're supplying the data somewhere and then the reports are being made by an analyst team or by um, maybe your revenue marketing team and then feeding that back to the web team in terms of ultimate results and that that uh, aspect of, of sharing data and making sure that uh, there's that continuous feedback. I'm interested to hear from both of you actually in terms of ways that you found uh, it successful to coordinate, um, meet, and communicate those various results um, you know, be between each of the teams. Jenny, maybe you want to start with on that? Sure, I'm happy to. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I believe that just because you can measure it doesn't mean that it's important. And I think it's really um, key out of the gate to just align what are we measuring, why are we measuring it, and kind of make sure that you have, you know, sort of the input match and the output. And so, you know, there's a hundred things, for example, you can measure on your website, right? Pages visited, conversion rate, interactions, bounce rate, exit pages, but some of those may matter to your business and some of those may not. And so I think by starting with the objectives, and then identifying what are those key inputs to get you to those outputs that give you those insights on the business is what's critical. And so making sure that, for example, your operations team is lined up with the website team uh, on something as simple as, hey, if we're going to ask questions on a form, uh, we want to make sure that we actually have these fields and they map this way into our CRM or whatever the system is so that we can actually get these insights. And that's really where that partnership between, for example, the website team and the ops team have to be dialed in. Otherwise, um, you know, you've got apples and oranges and you can't really draw anything actionable from that data. Absolutely. Adam, yeah. thoughts there? Uh, yeah, I, I just the same thing, which is working backwards from the outcome, like, you know, really like trying to flip the right switches to see what data affects like that final net result, like, um, and, you know, being right there alongside it, like the dev side of that too is like, you know, Jenny mentioned like, oh, we're going to include this field and this field has supporting data. Um, we also have the concern of like, well, how does that fit into our UI UX? How does that affect the customer experience? How do we tracking the user behavior of whether or not they're engaging with that kind of new element? Like, you know, this like we, we try to back each other up in that regard. So when we're trying to generate new data and trying to like find the right vector or the right switches, we also look at like how that actually affects the user and the outcome. No, absolutely. I, I think it, it's it's an interesting point that comes to mind is, do you feel that, and I mean, maybe you've, you've seen specific correlations in terms of that UI UX uh, impact, not only on the initial conversion on the site, but also downstream conversion within ultimate, you know, maybe like mid funnel, like 
MQL to SQL, um, you know, and also even uh, SQO to like overall velocity. I think maybe especially considering the type of platform and product you have, um, there's probably a correlation there. But I, I'm guessing, so I'd love to hear if you know you've you've seen specifics around that point. Um, yeah, I think if you're developing the right experience, like, and, you know, like I said, crafting the right data, like what you end up with down the funnel, like ends up being more specifically targeted, more specifically, like, um, understood, and like, you get more of a 360 degree view there of, uh, you know, who you're ending up with as a lead, like, um, sounds like a relationship, doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, careful who you date online. But, um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I I think um, trying to think of how to how to you know put it another way, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think like trying to delight your users, trying to um, create an experience for them that is positive, that doesn't seem invasive, that um, you know checks the right boxes for them, like makes you know that down funnel experience better and more likely to succeed. No, absolutely. Yeah, true that. And I think it's it's a point that is strangely or can be strangely overlooked in terms of the overall experience uh, within from a from a revenue or consolidated GTM operations perspective, right? It's like, oh, oh wait, the website. Like it's like, well, no, no, the website. Like <laughs> yeah, you'd be amazed how much that is an afterthought. <laughs> I, I'm constantly blown away. I've worked at multiple companies running multiple web teams, most of them working with marketing. And it is amazing that like the mindset at the beginning is sort of like, oh, and it'll end up on the site. Like it's just like all the planning, 90% of it takes place before it touches the web. And uh, yeah, and just trying to claw your way back from being an afterthought and going like, no, this is your tool. This is your number one ecosystem. This is like the the front facing, you know, uh, side of your company. And like, it should be the first thought, not the last. And just to that point, I think that's why we kind of brought it into the revenue marketing team, because, you know, I've always believed that like your website should be your number one marketing asset, right? And if you're not monetizing that and it's not part of everything you're doing, you're just going to have this sort of, you know, to, to Adam's point, like this afterthought that is not integrated with everything else you're doing. And we're really cognizant of the fact that we don't want these sort of silos that are out there. We want integrated, you know, sort of cohesive, you know, kind of functionality across these key areas. And so that was another key kind of element around bringing that into this team. And part of what Adam said, too, I think, which is really important is, by doing that, we're, we're doing this with the intent of looking at this customer journey like cradle to grave. And so if, if you're not sort of aligning in that way in those key areas, it's really tough to get there, right? We are uh, focused on that customer journey and looking at attribution, again, from start to finish. And as you can imagine, right, the website is where a lot of engagement happens and a lot of key, uh, key data points around that. And so aligning operations with the website is, uh, is a key element to all. Truly, actually, this this dovetails really well. We we have a uh, our first question from the audience uh, from Akash, and he he asks, um, you know, in terms of managing data analytics and and consolidating that data, and then being able to uh, do analytics leveraging R, Python, um, heavy BI, basically, like, are do you do you take that approach, or do you simply rely on CRM, you know, tooling or 
you know, how do you manage getting all of the data centralized to a potential data warehouse? Um, how's Active Campaign maybe going about that? Um, yeah, I can start first and then I'll let Adam jump in. But we um, are fortunate enough to have a dedicated person on our operations team that has a master's in data analytics. And so she is a rock star and she is uh, savvy in Python and SQL and other three-letter acronym languages that are, <laughs> that are out of my like wheelhouse, right? But she's super smart in this area and she's critical component to this because to your point, I think when you rely on just your CRM or maybe just some of your other sort of out of the box, um, you know, analytics platforms, it doesn't quite get you there, right? I think rewind 10 years ago, everybody was using, you know, Salesforce to figure out sort of campaign attribution. And then there's like, oh, well, do you want first touch or last touch? And you're like, well, I don't want either. I want the whole thing. And you sort of had to choose, right? And then, you know, soon thereafter, you had folks like Visible and other, other sort of vendors that were figuring out, oh, well, we actually want to look at this in a very sort of 360 degree view and actually maybe take a weighted approach and count every single engagement. They all matter and figure out how that sort of culminates into this customer profile and then actually build insights on that. And so all that data is, is critical to do that. Truly. Yeah. Just more thoughts there. Uh, yeah, I like, well, you mentioned like data analytics, like I think more, you know, the way I think of it, data science, like it's sort of a radical, you know, but inevitable track that we're going beyond like, hey, an analytics expert, like we're into like literal data science and getting data scientists like to, you know, kind of craft out these algorithms and like find out the actual vectors like from a like literal mathematical point of view, you know, um, and it really does like take it up another level. It's something I've started to see more recently. But like being data driven, like is a watchword that gets thrown around a lot. But until you're actually like analyzing data with like an expert, like, you know, it's just like it's sort of like sticks and stones until you can work up to being on a on a calculator. Right. It's like otherwise it's a, there's a, there's definitely a lot of hype around it. And so I, I think, you know, uh, you know, being being at Mad Kudu, um, you know, that's one of the primary reasons I joined was was kind of like, OK, well, you know, you, we really are doing data science and we're trying to tell you the truth, whether you necessarily like that or not is another thing. So, <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Um, I had a, a customer, uh, you know, jokingly ask, well, if you enrich the data and then the score comes out bad, do I still have to pay for the enrichment? And I, I thought that was uh, that was charming, actually. <laughs> so. yeah, there is a human component. Like, I mean, I will say, like, the, the, there does need to be a balance. Like, I've seen people uh, overcorrect the other direction and just go all math. Like, there does need to be, like, a human component and oversight, like, marketing leadership to be, like, even if the numbers play that out, like, that's not how we want to play this. Like, <laughs> you know, so definitely a balance. Like, I, I, I'd be wary of anyone that's, like, 100% data science or lacking it entirely. No, truly. I, you know, to that to that end, I think it it's one of the points that um, we um, one of the points we uh, discussed in in our dry run was uh, the aspect of having more technical people like yourself, Adam, on the marketing team directly. You know, uh, site engineering, backend engineering systems architecture from a data perspective, data science um, and and data engineering as well to manage all of the integrations. Uh, you know, 
I, I'm curious to hear, uh, Jenny, I think from first from your perspective in terms of how exactly what the force multiplier is there um, and and how that really augments the team. And then, Adam, what's it like, you know, to your point that you just made, um, you know, working and maybe uh, humanizing that aspect of the heavy dev um, and making that digestible to less technical audiences. So Jenny, let's, let's start with you there. Yeah. I mean, I think marketing has definitely become a science in the last, you know, 10 years. Um, I think it forces discipline in marketing that maybe we didn't have 10 years ago. It also forces accountability, but even better, it actually forces a kind of a standardization across the business. Right. And so I think you could argue 10 or 15 years ago, you know, how finance was maybe measuring the business versus sales versus marketing, there were some variances there, right? And, and there was some alignment, obviously, but there was definitely um, some gaps. And so I think by marketing kind of being that third leg of the stool, we're kind of, you know, later to the later to the game, right? I think finance and sales were maybe ahead of us, but we're almost like sales now in the sense that we are measuring marketing's impact and marketing's contribution to the business, a lot like sales. And so it forces, uh, the business to be lined up on how we want to measure across all functions, because now we're all singing off the same sheet of music. It could be as simple as what's a lead and how do we define that? Um, how does that translate into your MQL framework? How does that translate into the definition of an SAL or an SQL? So all that I think kind of has, has forced this alignment across the business that we didn't have before. And data is really the foundation of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Adam, and in terms of you know creating that that uh, you know in facilitating that centralization and standardization, but also you know making it digestible and understandable to you know the more non-technical uh, members of the team, how how does that look to you? Yeah, I think like there's a general trend, you know, obviously toward more technical a more technical world, and so I think that there are a lot of marketers who are trying to become more technical and. Right. Like, like the challenge, right? Um, and what you see less of is people more technical trying to become marketers. <laughs> and that's that's like the journey I'm on here where I end up straddling both worlds. Um, I do find like that's a strength for me because um, having a deep understanding of the tech and, you know, being able to parse that into marketing like is like where that translation happens. It's another thing entirely if someone's coming from marketing background, learning the technology, then turning around and trying to parse that technology back to its users or back to its like, you know, a team. Um, it's like an, it's an extra step. It's an extra complication, you know. Um, and so being able to just have the understanding and go, okay, here's the marketing goal and pathing that out um, allows you to just kind of like de deliver only what is relevant information to the right people um, and be able to explain concepts like, you know, uh, that might be more, you know, archaic or weird. <laughs> um, and that, you know, someone without a deep technical background would just be like, I don't know how it works, but it's there. You know? Sure, absolutely. No, and, and to that point, it's it, it kind of goes back to the aspect of, you know, customized maybe attribution or or you know those models that are there, but also I mean it has to do with um, you know just uh, calls or or payload delivery in terms of data integration and and those those points you know that that sometimes you're like well I'm not exactly sure where that's actually going to land when I push it, but oh there it is after the fact and you're like well uh, 
gonna leave that like middle piece alone. Like it's okay. Okay. a lot of a lot of it is like putting your hand in front of the garden hose and like keeping like the like the torrent of every bit of data like you know from hitting them. Like you know the it's it's not always like a matter of explaining it. It's just a matter of delivering them the data that's relevant to them. And if you understand that on both sides and go, okay, you actually only really need these five points or vectors. Like they don't get a bunch of information they don't need or need to even don't know they don't need. Like. So it simplifies everything all around, I think. Absolutely. Um, on that point of simplification, we have a very interesting question from the audience, uh, from Eric. And Eric asks, uh, you know, active campaigns platform uses machine learning. And he says, you know, can, can you explain machine learning in a way that a first grader would understand and how that relates to marketing? Um, and I, I, I love that challenge. I, I, and I, you know, there was a garden hose metaphor and I was like, okay, well, you know, the, like I have a couple metaphors in mind that I sometimes share with people, but I would love to hear, you know, from either of you on that particular question. Uh, Eric Dreshfield, pillar of the Salesforce community and content king, and uh, apparently chat troll. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Called out. Yeah, no, work with Eric several times, big fan. Um, awesome. yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean that's I you know that's something you'd probably ask to a machine learning expert to get like a real legit like breakdown in reverse. But uh, I just ask Eric that question. Just just kidding. <laughs> you answer it first, then we'll do it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think I think you know again way above my pay grade, but I think um, it's really you know it boils down to basically leveraging like computer algorithms to improve customer experience, right? And so how do you do that? You do that with data. So I, I think that's kind of how I'd put it in, you know, super, super simplistic terms. Um, and we've got a lot of back-end muscle at ActiveCampaign that allows you to do that in ways that make it super easy for the customer. Yeah. I'm trying to think how that would translate down to a first grader level. That's a real challenge, by the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I don't know what I want first graders doing. Yeah, I just, that's like you're, you're creating a monster, Eric. But um I think, uh, yeah, like, God, first grade level, that's tough. I would say, like, looking at the same thing a hundred different ways um, and then determining what the best way to use it is. Yeah. yeah. Now, the, the, uh, the, the analogies that I always end up with, because I, I, I ride bikes in my spare time, and I, I'm like, well, you know, if, if you were allowed to take your tricycle to, to school, right, and I mean, I guess if you're a first grader, maybe you're on a two-wheeler at that point. But like, let's say it's bike day at school and all the kids get to bring their bikes to school. And you all like jump out in the in the yard and you like got your bikes and you're riding around on the blacktop and you're all looking at each other. And you see like somebody's got a red bike and somebody's got a blue bike. And basically that machine learning basically will tell you if you were to take all the different colors and mix them together, what would be like, the most likely color of bike that a kid would have, you know, and and that's basically like how I would explain it to a first yeah. grader. But uh, you know, that's that's maybe the simple, simple uh, version of machine learning from from my perspective. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah, you give me an eighth grader, I've got a better conversation. But <laughs> <laughs> like, as long as they understand basic algebra, I can go there. Like. It's, <laughs> It's like I'm on that show, like, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Like, it's a test, wow. right? I'm just, I'm just holding back the word data set because I'm like, oh, that has no meaning here. Yeah. 
I was like, <laughs> is it like being a being a, uh, a native Californian and and living here, you know, most of my adult life as well. Uh, you know, it it goes back to you know that fifth grade point of like, okay, have you been to Sutter's Fort yet? You know, it's like, okay, cool, like because it's like the fourth grade field trip for every like you know <laughs> person in California public schools. Um, anyway, um, yeah, we are representing California. We are. We're all West Coast. Oh yeah, fantastic. Um, very cool team. So I I think the the point of um, the point of technicality, the point of uh, you know, of course, now that we've been challenged on you know by Eric on the question of uh, explaining machine learning, um, I think it brings brings me to kind of a, a pet peeve point that uh, Adam brought up in our in our preliminary conversations, uh, and it has to do with certifications, right? Maintaining certifications, depth of cert certification, you know, you know, I, I think myself, I mean, I've held three or four different certifications and done like deep training on different platforms in the past. Um, you know, we're also uh, working, we got on our roadmap at MadKudu, you know, our actual certification program, like over the next few quarters, we're going to be putting that together. So I'm always like, interested to hear uh you know technical marketers perspectives on maintaining certifications and you know to what degree and what level and like why um and i think we we all get different answers from each of us but uh you know very interested to hear especially from you on that adam um garbage none of them um, we, we did have uh, we did have that conversation originally, and I think one of the points was um, that you know if there's an ecosystem that your company is a strong part of, like that 100% makes sense. Like if you are a Salesforce-based company, if you work in Salesforce all the time, having a Salesforce certification is a no-brainer, you know. And so there's the easy route there, which is just like, oh, are we using this tool like in and out of our day-to-day -day lives? Then yeah, you should be certified. You should be, you know, qualified. Um, you know, but it does get a little more nebulous, like into the more cutting edge type stuff, especially marketing technology. Uh, marketing technology is like reinventing itself and disrupting itself, like at a pace like no other technology. Um, and so, a lot of certifications, especially more broad or general ones, are like outdated by the time you're done with them. Um, and so, <laughs> you know, you, you're kind of torn, like, well, should I bother getting certifications in anything? You know, and I think the question posed to me at one point was whether or not uh, you know, well, what should what should I certify in then? Like, and yeah. so I, the answer to that is to keep your ear to the ground and see like what is coming down the horizon. Like, what is you know, what's the next wave of tech? What's the next tool? What's the next thing that really looks like it's going to be disruptive or really looks like it's going to be promising? And getting ahead of that, if you can get certified in something you're not even using yet, but you know you're going to, like, you're probably ahead of the game. Um, you know, so. You know, there's the obvious answer. If you're using it all the time, get certified, sure. If you uh, are looking for broad certifications to just like put a feather in your cap, then it's literally just a feather in your cap. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, I, I, I'd say like um, you, you either have to be a constant self-educator or really look ahead and pick the, you know, pick the right winners. Yeah, absolutely. Jenny, thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone's seen that ridiculous picture of the MarTech stack and like, yeah. right, that's been Martech, out there, yeah. like 5,000 icons of different companies and they're all grouped in like categories of like, you know, uh, attribution or CRM or marketing automation. It's like, 
you know, if you think you're going to get certified in those, you know, it's crazy to think that. I think to Adam's point, there's probably some core foundation, foundational technology that every company has that you're going to want to have a basic knowledge of. But I mean, I think I got certified on Salesforce in 2007. Have I updated yeah. that or refreshed that? No, absolutely not. Like, I, I know I know how to use it at a basic level. Uh, at this point in my career, I will bring that muscle into the team of folks that maybe do get that certification, right? Because they're going to be my, my expert. Um, but I think it's more about just understanding operationally, how does this work, right? Whether it's, okay, I learned Marketo. So I now have the basic knowledge of a marketing automation system. Okay, so then if you go into things like Active Campaign or other marketing automation platforms, pretty much understand the basic, you know, fundamentals. Um, but to get certified in every single technology is uh, pretty unrealistic. You, you got certified during the dark days of Salesforce. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was right there too. It was 2008. So. Oh man! Like I, I remember when I first started getting like certification in Salesforce, like in, in, way back. Um, this is before Lightning, their kind of visual UI UX overhaul. Mm -hmm. uh, it had some of the worst UI. Like it looked like someone had purposely created the worst UI. Like it, like it literally looked like an experiment. And like, how can we do every single page and piece wrong? Like <laughs> because there were things like to progress to the next screen, the button's up here. On the next screen, it's down here. On the next screen, it's over here. Oh. On the next screen, it's a pull down. Like it literally like looked like a science experiment to like drive someone mad with UI. Like, <laughs> no, it's, got a lot it's got a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the evolution. I, I mean, I remember when Lightning came out, and I was upset because you know I was like, well, wait a minute, it doesn't look like the old UI at all, and now I have to reorient around everything. And then after a little bit, I was like, okay, good, I'm, I'm fine. But uh, no, it's uh, it actually this is an interesting point in terms of product development, like the overall arc, I mean, of course, Salesforce, like, you know, being 20 plus years now, like, um, active campaign being at the front end of that journey, you know, and, and we have an interesting question from Akash uh, uh, around uh, any valuable input to around launching a new product in the market and kind of what are the priorities, you know, probably from like a marketing and like web presentation perspective, Adam, on your side, and then Jenny, I think it would be interesting to hear from you in terms of alignment between revenue marketing and product marketing and the product team as well. So uh, Adam, do you want to go first on that point? So like how to interface with the product team or present a new product? Is Actually, for, from you, I'd love to hear like in terms of showcasing and like showing, you know, the best feature, best foot forward in terms of the the web approach for yeah. forwarding the uh, a new product or bringing a product to market um what your thoughts are there um so i have seen that at varying degrees of complexity um when i was at anaplan like our product like was you know um like a spreadsheet on steroids built on a hypercube of instantly accessible memory and all that and those are all concepts that don't necessarily translate to like here's a picture of how it works like and, uh, it really depends on the tech you're working on. Like SaaS and cloud can be anything from like the simplest tool ever to like the most complex enterprise-driven like super supply chain you know type thing. Um, so it's a matter of bringing everything to a common level. Like whether it's a simple thing to up level it, whether it's a complex thing to down level it, and like make it digestible and make it into something that makes sense. 
there are pro like lots of companies that try to solve that in different ways. There are people that actually have like parts of their app like built into the site, like where you can use it, and it's like literally there, like you know, in a partial format where it's like, hey, here's exactly what we're talking about. Other people do it, you know, illustratively, and other people do it with descriptively, and like you know, there's a ton of different ways to like put forward like the new feature, or the new product, or the new thing that you're doing out there. But yeah, that's definitely a collaboration of like tech and marketing in terms of you know, we the marketers need to parse this into human speak, and the technical people need to help them present that in a way that makes sense from a dev's perspective. Absolutely. And Denny, that that other end of you know the direct correlation between campaign alignment and coordinating with the content and depth available from product marketing and also the product team themselves in terms of roadmap. Yeah, I mean, if you think about Active Campaign, right, we've actually been around since 2003, and so we've evolved quite a bit. And so, you know, in some cases, you know, we are talking about our CRM functionality. In some cases, we're talking about the email marketing. Maybe it's the automation. We've introduced things like, you know, conversations and personalized web pages. And so we're always coming out with something new and innovative. And so aligning on exactly how to talk about that within the context of kind of what we've already talked about is super important, right? Because we want to make sure that we are complementing our existing messaging in a way that makes sense to our not just our customer but to the marketplace and that means that we have to be in lockstep with the product team and also with sales right and so that really comes full circle in terms of okay we're going to launch this new thing how do we talk about it um where do we talk about it what language do we use and then most importantly how do we enable sales to talk about it in a way that is consistent with how we as a company want to talk about it. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's challenging because if you layer in the fact that it also depends on who you're talking to, right? We talk, we talk e-commerce folks, we talk to folks who are maybe solopreneurs where they have their own business yeah. and we have varying degrees of, of audiences that we want to tell the story to. And so we have to be cognizant of um, the language we're using and, and the approach that we're taking. Uh, we're very customer first uh, driven at this company. And so we're super, super mindful of that element to it because we recognize that it means different things to different people depending on their business and where they are in their journey uh, with that business. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it is interesting, just you know, jumping to a specific product question, it looks like <laughs> we have here from uh, Sri Krishna is, um, you know, I think this is a question around active campaigns specifically. Is there attribution support planned um, on the roadmap uh, similar to maybe a visible? And this is a, an interesting point because I field questions like this all the time with Medkudu is, you know, attribution is one of the, these very, very core points that come up all the time around business analytics and especially marketing and sales analytics, attribution and, and campaign performance. Um, and, you know, the follow-up question on that is, well, one, is that on the roadmap, I think specific to active campaign, but then also, um, you know, more fundamentally, how important is attribution? I think it goes back to our earlier point in the discussion, um, you know, would, would love to hear from both of you, uh, you know, at, at a strategic and at a, at a technical level. Yeah, I can I can let Adam start, or I can start whatever makes sense. Yeah, Jenny, do you want to do you want to talk about the importance of it overall, like, and also just how that relates to active campaign? Yeah, you bet. Um, 
So we have attribution at Active Campaign. I think what that means to your business um, is different. What does attribution mean for your business will vary. Uh, we have kind of three suites of our services. We have a marketing suite, a sales suite, and a service suite, just to break it down simplistically. Within the marketing suite, we actually have uh, marketing attribution, and then we have attribution reporting. Again, that is dependent on how your business runs and how you've set up your active campaign instance. And so that's going to look different in terms of what you're measuring and what you want to measure or need to measure for your business. But um, I think in general, it's important to understand what's happening in that customer journey. And that's what attribution is at the end of the day. But again, what that means, what that looks like for you, given what you're selling and who you're selling it to, uh, is going to vary. Absolutely. Yeah. And Ad Adam, additional thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean, it's just solving for, you know, how do you say something in 20 different ways to 20 different types of people and make it seem like you're giving one message? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and bam, you're a marketer. Um, yeah. so. <laughs> serious pin right there. Is that um, yeah. it went full into PR right there? But yeah, that's probably right. Adam misses calling. He should be in PR, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> miss my miss my job as a PR novelist. But um, yeah, I, I mean that's like you know the the. I don't even know if it's so much the technical side there as it is parsing profiles and you know uh, uh, industries and so forth. Like there are there, those are like data points. Those are like you know intersections of things that you can quantify. Um, but yeah, that's like a very good example of like meeting right in the middle of like marketing and dev, where it's not really heavy into one or the other. It's very much like a centerpiece. Yeah. Not, not a whole lot more to add there. Just it's it's cool, but it's challenging. Yeah, it, it is one of the hardest points, especially managing. I think the the human aspect of attribution is such an interesting point because it it definitely you know people get very protective of like, well, my activity or my contribution means something, and you're like, yes, we agree that it means something. It just doesn't directly contribute to the revenue that got produced on this particular deal like it's it's not that we're saying that it doesn't <laughs> contribute overall if you have to preface any conversation with yes it means something but yeah. um, <laughs> you're, you're already down a rabbit hole it's almost I, like i feel like we're giving out these like participation trophies you used to get as a kid right it's like everybody matters right but there is somebody, there is somebody that's a little bit more, maybe, right? <laughs> oh, amazing. We, we, we did reference the, uh, the uh, you know, in, in intense political point of, uh, of participation trophies. Trophies in business. <laughs> we're, we're getting into a dark glimpse of the human nature here. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it's, uh, it's appreciated for sure. Yeah, we, can, uh, we can go deep and philosophical if you want. Yeah, right. So I, I think I think we we have gone to that degree. Uh, honestly, team, thank you so much uh, for all of it. Uh, I think we we the breadth of the conversation today was uh, fantastic. I mean, we kind of ranged all over the place and uh, super fun. So um, and really appreciate just like the uh, you know if if slightly brutal at, at least it was honest you know and that and that is true and. And uh, you know the sparring with uh, with Eric as well, uh, super fun. So um, cool. I'm gonna just uh, jump back on here uh, and uh, share screen one more time. Um, again, 
Jenny Koob, Adam Aragon, thank you so much for uh, for the time and the conversation. Uh, just really a pleasure. And um, uh, actually, uh, next week, uh, we've got Jeff Quayle from Market Muse uh, in conversation with our own uh, Hannah Jackover. Um, and uh, just super stoked to uh, have everybody attending these sessions. Um, really appreciate it. Keep an eye out. Uh, keep your ears to the ground in terms of uh, drawing. Thank you, everybody, for uh, your time, attention, questions, interest. And uh, again, Drew Noel, uh, thank you very much. And uh, Jenny, Adam, such a pleasure. Super fun time. Thank yeah, you. awesome. Thank you so much. Good time. All right. Cheers, all.